Well, hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the After Later podcast. I am your host, John Wessling. It's my treat to be here. Um, I'm feeling much better today. I don't know if I should be feeling much better today, but I do. I'm going through the the cycles that we're all going through dealing with this COVID-19 bullshit where you kind of have your shit together for a couple of days and then it falls apart. I had that day yesterday, but uh, today I'm back. I'm back, which... Uh, you know, I'll give credit to uh, my wife and family, helping me feel grounded, bringing me back around again, helping me pull my head out of my ass. That would be the appropriate uh, answer. But what it really boils down to, I'm not going to lie, was 10 milligrams of edible goodness last night that just sort of hard reset my brain. <laughs> I think it's a good herbal remedy that we should all enjoy. And hopefully at the end of all this bullshit, when things change, that every state, Every state in the union, every, just go ahead and make it federally legal because ain't nothing better than a good 10 milligram dosage of delicious gummy edible to set your mind right at the end of the day. Better than a bottle of wine, better than a six pack of beer, better than half a pack of cigarettes to help you get your shit together. Just uh, eat some gummies and uh, go on a ride. By that, I mean on the couch uh, watching um, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills with my wife. <laughs> Normally, I can't stand that shit, but uh, 10 milligrams of gummies, and I am all about it. Loving the bad TV. So anyway, I'm in a much uh, better mood. Uh, my guest today is uh, one of my favorite people. <laughs> I got to stop saying that, but she really is. A uh, very, very funny person, and uh, we just got cast as teammates in a new project that's being put on by uh, the guys behind the Helium Comedy Club um, chain, I guess you'd call it. Uh, it's called the Coast to Coast Roast. Now, there'll be a lot more come about. It's going to be made public in the next couple of days. There'll be a big website, a big PR push. Like, we don't even know who the other comics are representing the 26 some odd different cities in it. But me and Keisha Hunt are going to be representing the city of Houston in a city versus city roast battle. Now, it's not making fun of the people. It's making fun of the cities. Uh, but as me and Keisha get into talking here, you'll figure it out. At some point, it's going to be about the people, too, which <laughs> which I think they're going to uh, they're going to be afraid to go down that road. But anyway, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, so anyway, she's my teammate, and we worked together a handful of times, but I thought it would be good for us to talk and sort of have a little bit of a team-building exercise. So we're about to do that. Before we do that, I just want to take a quick little second here and uh, thank the listeners. I've uh, uh, actually started to build up a little bit of an audience with this podcast. And we've got some uh, episodes in the bank now. I think this is episode, was it 19 that I'm recording right now? I think it's 19. Let me double check. Yeah, this is 19. So we've got a, a pretty good uh, catalog of episodes already out there. I go back and listen to them every now and then and, and really see the how things have kind of changed and evolved. But I'd love to get your feedback on it. If you've been listening to the episodes and, or you listened to a couple of them and you found them to be uh, rambly or just bad quality or whatever, um, I'd love to hear your complaints. A lot of people, they just want to hear uh, compliments, you know, pump my tires a little bit, tell me how great I am. Uh, I, hey. Don't get me wrong. I love that, but I don't get better from that. I get better from you telling me what changes you would make to the podcast that you hear so far. Want you to be engaged. I want you to be involved if you would like to be, you know what I'm saying? You know, we're all trying to figure out this new thing together. Um, but hit me up on Twitter at, uh, at John Wessling, J O H N W E S S L I N G or the show's Twitter after later A F T E R L number eight, uh, letter E-R. I'll get more of that at the end of the episode, but I just wanted to throw that out here at the beginning that I am looking for your uh, feedback and uh, 
welcome it. I want to hear what you like and what you dislike about the show and what it could be, how it could be better. And if you've got any suggestions uh, for people that you think would be a good interview on the After Later podcast, I'd love to hear it. All right. Send them my way. And uh, I've got some great ones coming up in the next couple of weeks that are going to be uh, great, interesting listens, which is definitely how I would describe the one that you're about to hear. I had to record things a little bit differently. Uh, The normal way that we record interviews on Anchor wasn't working today. It wasn't working on her end. I wasn't able to connect. So it did basically the speakerphone next to the microphone. So in this interview, I'm going to sound better than I normally do. And she's going to sound worse. But uh, we'll get it fixed. We'll get it straightened out. If it's too distracting to listen to, I understand. Uh, But we're getting by with what we have. And everything's free. (laughs) Don't forget that it's fucking free. Now, uh, you can find my guest on Instagram, comedian Keisha Hunt. That's comedian spelled as comedian. Uh, Keisha, K-E-I-S-H-A Hunt. H-U-N-T on Instagram. So without further ado, dun-dun-dun-dun. I now welcome to the After Later podcast, the one and only Keisha Hunt. You buddy. <laughs> now, for those listening at home, you might sound a little bit different. We've had to take some uh, uh, alternate measures to get this all lined up here on the uh, on the anchor platform, but uh, so far yeah. so good, right? <laughs> yeah, we good. Yeah, my stuff's just raggedy. Yeah, it's all right. It's all right. You know, my stuff's all half busted. I got, you should see my rig. It's all jerried together. I got a couple <laughs> things with duct tape on it and shit. So, yeah. yeah, that's a big point. Like for when we're in this lockdown, in this, um, whatever you call it, this quarantine, this fucking plague, yeah. it's like, uh, one of my big goals is that I was like, all right, I'm just going to go through everything that I already have equipment wise, right. computer wise, and I'm only going to use free shit, you know? Right. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not trying to buy more crap. I'm not going to, you know, put good money after bad. I'm just going to try to make the best of what I already have accumulated over the years. And so yes. far, so good. You know what I mean? I feel like I've, I've faked it pretty well. <laughs> we got to do what we got to do, man. Amen. We do. Now for the listeners, let me introduce uh, Keisha here. Um, very, very funny, very accomplished uh, Houston comic. Um, we kind of come from a different graduating class though, right? You know, it's like, I was kind of up and out of here a little bit before you kind of rose up. So we never really got to hang out, you know, on the way up so much, but you know, I've, I've heard about you, known about you for years and we've had a handful of times to get to work together. I think you're an extremely funny young lady. And, and I think, uh, you and I are now teammates on the coast to coast roast. And I can't wait because I think the one-two punch of Wesling and Hunt is going to fuck them up. Going to fuck them up, man. They're they, not ready. They're not ready. I mean, they're I, not ready for this quarantine smackdown. I, I really, the way I look at it, when you and I are like the perfect buddy cops. Yes. You, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> we're, we're in no way alike in any way, but yet we link up back to back and I got your six and you got mine. Yes, it's going to work. We're going to give them the comedy smackdown. <laughs> it's going to be great. <laughs> well, before we dig into that, before we start talking shit on the other cities of America. Right. Because that's what the Coast to Coast Roast is. It's not, they won't be roasting us personally. Of course, I'm sure that's going to happen at some point. At some point, it's yeah, going to be well. hard. It's going to be hard not to make it get personal. But it's supposed to be. Definitely a target. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to be making fun of each other's cities, right? That's the whole idea. Right. Um, right. But I, I feel like, you know how like when you're having you know kind of like uh when you're roasting or, or busting on somebody like the first one he says fuck you is the one that loses right. 
I feel like that's what's going to happen. We're going to be making fun of someone and, and fucking up their city. And then someone's going to go, well, fuck you, you fat prick. I'm like, ah, I win. <laughs> no comeback. Yeah. yeah. When it gets personal, they're done. Yeah, right? That's got to be... <laughs> That's got to be game over at that point. But but how are you handling it? You're, because you're in Houston, right, currently? Yes. How are I'm you handling here. all this this uh, shutdown, lockdown bullshit? Man, I do. I mean, I'm dealing with it like the rest of us. I, I just realized I got high blood pressure from eating noodles every day. Oh, yeah. And so I was like, okay, I'll switch it to cheese now. <laughs> just, I'm just trying to make it work during this quarantine. Is is all I know. I can and I have I have a couple of fake penises that I can't even give away. So oh no! <laughs> well, 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 welcome to the guys' world, there, hon. That's a, <laughs> a lot of us are suffering with real penises. We can't get anyone to take, much less a much less one that never goes soft. Shit, you got. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Well, uh, but like, uh, you know, are, are you are you home alone? You got the family with you? How are you kind of what's the what's the day to day life going for you here in this weird? Well, I'm, world? I'm home alone. Uh, technically, in, in transition right now, having to go to a new location, uh, having to move to a new house. But my son, he's with his father. And uh, that's a great thing. I pay child support to him for that. Really? You know, yes, I paid. <laughs> I paid. I paid child support. Uh, I don't know if it's because I wear pants every day. And they were confused, but I don't, you know, women pay child support too. Holly Berry pays it and she's beautiful. Yeah. So, yeah. Wow. So it doesn't matter. I don't know how to yeah. feel about I all that. I be mom. I just decided that I, I thought he would be better with his dad. Yeah. And I got to pay for that. <laughs> oh, shit. Well, I got, yeah. I, I'll tell you, um, if you'd have seen me about two or three minutes uh, before we started this recording, when I had to move everything up into what I call the after later lounge, but it's really just my bedroom with the door locked. Right. Uh, the kids, man. Oh, yeah, dude, no. we, got, we got four kids and they're all up and they've all been a pain in the ass since we first w- rolled out of bed. And it's just like irritation is at an all time high. Like yesterday I was I was at the fucking edge of it. Like I was like I was just short tempered and I didn't give a fuck about it. Normally, like, you know, you get sh- short tempered with your kids and you almost have that instant guilt of, oh, I'm sorry. Come here. You know what I mean? Right. You got little nope. kids. I was past it. I was past it. I was, fuck you, fuck you for real, as Theo likes to say. <laughs> I was like, I've had enough. It's been over a month of me having to do everything all day with you guys. Right. Uh, it's time for you to go to your fucking room and play with the thousands of dollars of motherfucking toys we bought you over the years. They're bored. Oh, I don't, I, th- Fine. Fine. Uh, you know what? angst of children. God damn it. I, you... I, I mean, how are you managing it with? I mean, you got little kids, right? Yeah. You don't have any teenagers, right? I got one teenager. I got a 13-year-old, which is the, okay. the worst end of the spectrum of teenagers. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'll take a I'll take a, a crusty 19-year-old, the 13. She just got into it. So she's she's <laughs> she's got teenager attitude with all that gusto and energy of, of a, a new convert to it. Right. You know? Yeah, the teenagers, I don't like those. I don't like that part. I have a 15-year-old, so oh, he, he, and he's, and he's, he's kind of intelligent, so. and he's, smart, well, he's smarter than me, so when he wants to talk to me, I can't really understand a lot of the words he's using. I have to get a dictionary. Yeah, well, you know, my 13-year-old, she's really smart, too, and we kind of had a sad moment last year when she passed my ability to be able to help her with math, <laughs> where I was like, okay, you're now entering territory where you're going to have to explain it to me, because... <laughs> Your dad's yeah, a man, comic. I don't know shit about uh, anything higher than algebra one. That was... <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm second grade math over here. It's one, two. Shit, it's dude. three. <laughs> oh, and then like the younger kids, 
um, they're doing like uh, common core math the way they're learning it. And I get, I'm not going to be the, the idiot crusty dad who complains about them not teaching math the way I learned it. Cause obviously it didn't fucking work. It, I didn't learn it for shit. So I can't brag about the way they taught me math being better, but they're teaching it differently now. Right. And so now it's like, I don't even like, they show me their math homework and I don't even immediately identify it as math homework. You know, I'm like, is, is this art? What is this? <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't fucking add up. It doesn't make sense to me. But um, uh, yeah, so I, I, I just I, I've really been working hard on spending quality time with them and and just sort of de-stressificating and and hanging out. But goddamn it, right. the last couple of days, it just I, I I just want I need some fucking room to breathe. I need some uh, area yeah, to, to do my fucking I'm work. Glad my son is with his father because I'm like, man, if he. I could deal with my son three days. It's like my body is timed. And I'm not a bad mother. I don't want people to think I'm a bad mother that I don't want to tolerate my son every other week for three days. But that's 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 a court order. And it's now it's like sustained in my body. Like, yeah, after that third day, I'm kind of like, yeah, you should probably go back with your dad. <laughs> I like that. Your body adjusts. Your body adjusts yes. to the to the court my order. My body adjusted to the court order. So Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, you're yeah, I... I other parents will tell you, "Oh, your children are the most important thing, and spending this, and the time you get to spend with them is so precious." I'm yeah, like, "Yeah, is. no, that that was like two weeks ago. Now I'm like, I, these motherfuckers need school. They need to go outside, <laughs> and, and like you said, like they're just bored. I don't know about yeah. you. When I was a kid, I was bored all the fucking time. That's part <laughs> of being a kid. I don't. Why do I have the pressure on me as a parent to keep them fucking introduced? I'm not. I'm not Barney. I'm not." I'm not. Uh, I'm not fucking Paw Patrol. I'm not supposed to keep them, you know, titillated and engaged twenty four fucking hours a day. No, yeah, Peppa Pig. exactly. I'm not fucking Peppa Pig. I'm Peppa Pig's dad. I'm the one who's pissed off who walks out of the room and you don't see him for the rest of the episode. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry, Keisha. You didn't deserve me. I'm just ranting. They, they, they fucking they chase me back into my room. I can't. I can't be like '60s, '70s dad and yell at them and make them go to their room. Their big, beautiful rooms full of fucking toys and shit. But they don't go into there. No, they want to just hover underneath my ass. That's hilarious. Sorry. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so hilarious. Like I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I miss my son, so I'm going to pick him up this weekend. But mm-hmm. I will definitely be taking him back Monday. Well, uh, and now okay, <laughs> all right. Now here's here's my question, and, and forgive me if this is if this is personal. You want to answer? I understand. But like no, it, it, in that situation, in the the shared uh, custody kind of scenario, the visitation going back and forth, how does that change with all this uh, shelter in place and plague and shit? I mean, like when you pick them up, are you gonna have to like, oh, I missed you? Don't hug me. I'm gonna take you out in the yard. Yeah, no, actually, I don't get them as I don't get them as much. Yeah. So like it's I got them in March and now it's April, so it's time to get them for April. Now are you gonna have to hose him down in the yard? If he yeah, I pretty much do, and then I lysol him. Like I'm, I open his mouth and lysol. Because <laughs> that shit hides in the mouth. No, that makes sense. That's good. Yeah, and he, you know, yeah, because I got to get it in the system. I don't have it. I don't have much insurance, so you got to do what you got to do. Oh yeah, no. you know, I give him a, a you know, quick lysol gargle. Just yeah, that's about it. it, it you know, like, I can see, like on day two, he, he coughs real loud. You're like, nope, gotta go back. Going home. <laughs> Because he sneezed. I was like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> you trying to kill me? <laughs> I'm like, if I have to say Gunzoom type one more time, it's that's your ass, baby. <laughs> it's not going down. Like I said, he just sneezed in my house. How disrespectful. That is, that is about the worst. You know what I mean? I, I saw something, uh, it's not my joke, but the, it used to be that you'd cough to cover a fart, and now I fart to cover a cough. <laughs> 
I'd rather, I'd rather. Been tasted than fart and wasted. Okay. Yeah, I love that. Shit. <laughs> I love that. Now, now, Keisha, let's get to know you a little bit better. Yeah, you because know, okay. we've only got to okay. hang out a handful of times. It's always at shows. We're always busy. But like, where are you from? Are you from Houston originally? I, I, where, where'd you grow up, and how'd you wind up in this crazy ass business? Well, I grew up. I was a crip and a blood. A lot of people don't understand that about wow. me. Wow, that's a <laughs> that's a mixed home. No, no, I'm not a gangster. Actually, <laughs> uh, I'm I'm born and raised in Houston, Texas. Uh, near near Acres Home is where I grew up at. Okay, I started out at, I started out at Fifth Ward, but then my dad got a good job, and we moved to the suburbs. And when that happened, I discovered that I could make people laugh. And I didn't know I wanted to be a comedian, but I, my, my theater teacher, he put on, he put on the Spartans. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what the fuck is this? And it was, it was a, it was a, from Saturday Night Live with Will Ferrell. Yeah. And, and I can't, I can't remember the little lady name. And that shit cracked me up. Oh, I was like, man. Sherry O'Terry and uh, Molly huh? Shannon, wasn't it? Molly, yes. Yeah. Yeah, but I was like, man, this is some kind of funny. I want to, I want to make people laugh like that. I didn't know I was finding myself as a comedian, so I tried it out. My first time on stage was December of 1999, and Dick Gregory was in the audience. My very first time on stage, I was like, what the fuck? And I was like, okay, he he talked to me after my set, and I was like, he about to give me some advice. And the only thing he told me was, don't hold the microphone like a rapper. <laughs> that's great advice. That's all he told me. You know what? Like, no, that's smart. That's but that you know what? That's the wise old Dick Gregory. He didn't want to give you some, you know, he wasn't gonna like quote a Maya Angelou poem at you to try to inspire you. <laughs> Which I was expecting. Yeah, no, instead he gave you real comic advice, like, hey, look, you just started out. Don't hold the mic like that. You're like, thank yeah, you. Like, yeah, don't don't hold the mic like that, but you got something, you know. I was like, okay, well, <laughs> That, that is cool. That. But then I tried it, and 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 Juan Villarreal, he took me on the road. He gave me my first paying gig of seven hundred dollars. I don't even know if you remember that. Wow. It was seven. I was like, "What? This is how much? I've mean, no. been doing this a month." <laughs> no, trust me. Juan remembers that. Juan would be like, "Hey, I got you that seven hundred gig, fucker." <laughs> <laughs> For sure, he gave me a seven hundred. I was like, "This is awesome." That is pretty but cool. But then I left comedy in 2000 of February and came back in July of 2002. And then that's when I did the Las Vegas Comedy Festival, Last Comic Standing, and kept it rocking and rolling. Tried to. Still trying to do that yeah. after since 2002. No, that's cool. Well, see, that's what it, you know, I always learn this. And whenever you see people kind of, if, they, if they're really good really fast and they kind of shoot up real fast. At some point, you hit a plateau, and you, 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 there's no way to avoid putting the years in. It's just going right. to be where in the timeline is there? Are you going to have that long stretch? You know what I mean? Sometimes exactly it's at the front, <laughs> and sometimes you shoot up, and then you whoop, and you stay there for a while. But you know, damn, you are a, a very, very funny girl. I remember I've seen you. I've seen you have about three different styles of comedy, which I find very, right. very impressive. You know, like I remember you doing like just straight kind of material. But last couple of times I worked with you. Um, you're just going almost entirely crowd work and like a surgeon, like cutting motherfuckers up. So I don't know. I don't know. Where, well, let me, let me, I, I kind of know where that came from. It was, it stemmed from a depression and I couldn't, I wasn't really getting many gigs, but I just had to get on stage, but I didn't have no material. And I, I probably had been doing that for like the last 10 years. And then uh, mostly because also to another reason when I did, Bill Bellamy's Who's Got Jokes, they would plant hecklers in the audience and people saw that on TV. And when I did do a show, people wanted people wanted me to people wanted to yell out at me so I could slice up the heckler. 
And so it just became a thing. But I'm like, I got to get back to the pit. Man, that's kind of fucked up that, see, that's, I don't know. This is what I, one of my complaints I have about the way comedy is perceived by yeah. people, not by people in the business. They think that, like, we love getting heckled and that, like, no. I'm like, that's, that's like, that's, they're, they're fucking up what I came here to do. And especially at a TV taping, a TV taping, you're supposed to be primed and you're, you're, you're showcasing your best stuff. So I'm going to work well, for years and years producer, to get this opportunity. The it, planted, yeah. The heckler there to see how we would fare, fare out with it. Yeah. That's fucking bullshit. That sucks. Yeah. <laughs> like I worked for years to put an act together to, to this, this great material I wrote. Yeah. And then you're just going to have some random asshole. He's, he's next or whatever the fucking just yells out some stuff. And since it's a planted heckler, it's not like a yeah. natural heckler. A natural heckler is someone who's an idiot, a, a drunk person or whatever who speaks up and then you can humiliate them and they feel humiliated and they sit down and shut up. But you got a planted heckler. That's someone who they think this is their gig too. So even though you can call them whatever the fuck you want and, and cut them all the way to the bone, but that's not going to stick with them because they're like, ha, yeah, I'm, I'm going to say another one now. And like, so it's like, that's, well, that's to me, that's the beauty part about comedy. Like we even, I even love, I love the hecklers. I mean, I don't necessarily want them to just blurt out during my set, but to me, all of that is a part of comedy. The mic stand, pushing the mic stand back. Like it's certain, it's certain little nuances that, that make up comedy to me. Even, I mean, if you can handle a heckler, then that's a part of being a stand-up comic. But also knowing how to work that microphone and use that light and use the props you already have on stage and writing. Like, writing is the, the main thing that a lot of us drift away from because some of us are just performers and can get up there and freestyle like that. Yeah. But to me, stand-up comedy, it involves writing. Well, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta put that pen in the paper. I, 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 I testify to that. That's, that's, uh, but I think it's the mix of all of it. You know, I think you yeah, really yeah. demonstrate your skill when you can go up there and be a little bit of all of it and can handle kind of whatever comes up, you know? I mean, yeah. I, if there's anything that I would say, like my weakness is sometimes I feel like I get too wooden. Like I'm too focused on, I'm too focused on the pen and the paper where I'm like, okay, I wrote this great bit. It comes out like this, but then when you get on stage, things are different in the lights, right? You know what I'm saying? Like yes. all of a sudden you had this finely crafted, you know, turn of phrase and look how clever I am. And then you get up there in the lights and you realize, okay, when I say it out loud, they're not fucking listening. I have to take out all the fat words. I can take out all the dumbass stuff and just get down to what's real. And I think a lot of times your, your comic instinct kind of turns on in the light and you, yeah. you trim all that stuff automatically anyway. But yeah, you, you have to demonstrate all those skills. That's what makes you the five tool player, you know? Man, I, it, it, I, since we've been in this quarantine, I'm like, man, how important are the people when it comes to stand-up comedy? They are very important to me. <laughs> like, to have that audience, That's to me, that's the whole the whole point of stand-up comedy, well, is the live performance. Yeah. I mean, that's another part. Everything is a whole part to me. It's like, <laughs> uh, it's like saying, how important is the other person when you're having sex? Right. You know what I mean? It's, they are very, very vital to the equation. <laughs> Otherwise, this sure. this, this ain't shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. It's just, it's just, yeah, <laughs> it's just jerking off. <laughs> I was just thinking, I'm like, it's just me hunching a pillow on a bad day. <laughs> uh, Keisha, I'm so glad that we get to do this thing together, this coast to coast roast, because yes. I think this is gonna be this is gonna be a lot of fun. I think it's gonna be good <laughs> for us, and I think we're gonna fuck some people up. I don't think they're ready for for what's coming. I don't think so either. And then the city, well, I don't, I don't remember what city we're going against. Oh, trust I me, I wrote it down. You ready? I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and throw yes. it out here because I'm stoked about this. 
Uh, first off, it's like it's broken into regions. I think it's like 26 different cities all around America represented by two pe- two person comedy comic teams, right? Yes. And, and we don't know who the other teams are yet. They haven't. I'm sure we'll find out pretty shortly. And when this all comes public, and we have websites, everything to share, we'll see exactly who we're going up against. But it doesn't fucking matter. It doesn't even matter who they are. You know, no, it don't. Bring me fucking Louis C.K. and David Tell. I don't give a fuck if they're representing St. Louis. I'm gonna fuck up St. Louis. Yeah, we represent the H town. Yeah, I, I got the I got the H on my back. I can't fucking go wrong. But anyway, so uh, it's like round robin in our in our bracket, right? So we start off like a like a like a bracket, like a small, not even a bracket, like a group, right? So we go, everyone goes up against each other in a group, like a World Cup, and okay. we start off on May eighth. Our first battle is against yes. St. Louis. Okay, <laughs> now I I'm gonna tell you this. My wife is from Kansas City. Okay. And Kansas City and St. Louis fucking hate each other. Just fucking hate each other for for dominance of Missouri. For it's it's like completely two different cultures and styles of places and they just can't yeah, right fucking there. stand yeah. each other. So my wife is like, "Oh, she's already helping me." Like, she, oh, oh, make fun of me. and she knows she knows all the little like the insider buttons to push that they fucking hate, right? And like I'll be honest with you, uh making if I do a good job roasting St. Louis I will probably get my dick sucked that night. And that is going to be, I mean, even if we lose, if I get a couple of good lines in, it's going in and out. I'm going to do my research real heavy, but I do know St. Louis has a complete newspaper specifically designed to the murder rate. And I'm like, what the heck? Why would they have a newspaper that that's how many murders? Yeah. Oh yeah. St. Louis have. Yeah. They love killing each other. Before the purge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh no, it's already pre-purge. Okay, wait, no, no, wait sh- Keisha. Let's not give away the good shit, okay? Because they're gonna listen. They're gonna listen. They're gonna. They're gonna. Ha- they're already gonna have. They're gonna, already gonna have comebacks planned. Yeah, they, they are pre-purge. They can't wait. I mean, people in St. Louis, if there was a purge, they would just run out in the street and go, "Please kill me, get me out of St. Louis." But all right, so uh, we got St. Louis on May eighth, okay. which is great, and then the next night, May 9th, we take down the hippies of Austin. Oh yeah! Oh, I know all of them. I oh know my god! Like the back of my hand. I can't wait to expose Austin as the fraud city <laughs> that it is to the people of America. Yeah, they need to know. Austin has been getting by on this fucking hippie idea. Keep Austin <laughs> weird, like it's people don't realize that Austin is the most full of shit fucking town in all of Texas. Uh, <laughs> Austin. Austin is Austin yeah, is Austin is like Austin. Austin's like fucking East Berlin. All right. <laughs> or it's like it's like Ho Chi Minh City, where oh yeah, oh Austin City Limits, oh South by Southwest, we're so cool. And then you know what? The next weekend they have a fucking NRA convention, and that place is full of fucking crazy right wing motherfuckers hanging out at the same bar, at the same clubs, listening to the same fucking music. So it's like you are basically Vegas without the gambling. <laughs> yeah, that sucks. Yeah. All right. So after that, that's our that's our first weekend of of uh, of fighting. Then we have Indianapolis on May 14th. Indianapolis. Indianapolis. Yeah. Oh, God. That's I don't gonna know be... about Madam C.J. Walker. I don't know. About... <laughs> Dude, Indianapolis is going to be tough because no one gives a fuck about Indianapolis. <laughs> exactly. We're, we're going to gonna have to do a lot of research on that one. But I think this is the big one. This is the one, the final, the final contest in the, uh, in the group round will be the one that matters the most. And that's okay. Houston versus Dallas. Oh, it's going down in the city. Holy oh. fuck. 
we, we are, know too much about Dallas. They're gonna they're gonna have to put this over two nights because there's no way we're gonna get all the bile back and forth between Houston and Dallas in in just one show. There's not enough broad. There's not enough bandwidth for the fucking that, heat to, for us to go off. First of all, we we Houston. There's not much people gonna be able to say about us. We're a very booming city. I don't understand why they would find anything wrong with us in the first place. That's true. We are a beautiful Dallas, place. Oh, Dallas is horrible. Yeah, Dallas is going to get <laughs> fucked up. All the women coochies stink at Dallas. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Every last one of them. It, it stinks. It's something in that water. They got they got dirty water. It makes their right. coochies that stink. They're borrowing from another dirty place. Exactly. All right. Well, sh- 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 now, Keisha, don't give away the good stuff. Okay. Right. Okay. Let's just, you know, let's just tease it. Let's uh, let them yeah. just know that we're coming. We're not going to give you any clue. So, you know, between now and May seventeenth, all those all those girls are going to clean their coochies so that they don't stink by the time we're making fun of it. Which is, now we're doing a, we're doing a great service for the people of Dallas. For sure. So I, I mean, during this quarantine, if the cooch is stinking, it's probably not because of anything bad. It's just because they're conserving the water because they're not going anywhere. <laughs> that makes like, sense. Have you showered every day? Like, have you showered every day? I'd love to lie to you and tell you that I have, but. Uh, <laughs> I tried to maintain that as it started. Like, oh, you know, take a shower every day, la la. But it is, it has slipped. It has slipped in the last <laughs> in the last week or two. It's gone. I've had that moment where I'm like, what is that smell? Like something's right, right. something's wrong in this room. Like I think one of the kids left a sandwich or something, and I'm like, no, that's I, it's my own stink. It's my own. I caught. Your, your old stink smell like an old sandwich. It does. It did. It did. It smelled like an old sandwich. And I, I, I was just now, just downstairs when I was leaving to come up here to the to the after later lounge. Right. I, I'm fucking, I'm, I'm telling my kid they're sitting there playing Fortnite, and I'm like, something's wrong in here. I don't know if you guys left an old yogurt cup out or something. Well, something smells. This whole house smells. Everywhere I walk around, I just keep smelling this nasty shit. That's hilarious. And it's me. It's me. So yeah, I'm on about a, a two and a half day shower rotation. And each time I take the, and now I'm finding it like normally when you know when you're doing the daily shower, it just feels like maintenance. You don't really feel like you're all that stinky when you're in the shower. You're just freshening up. But right. now it's like when I do take the shower, as soon as I, I'm like, oh yeah, I was bad. That was not good. Like I'm, yeah, like they found me in the woods. You know, like when they clean up a homeless person and they have to like get the old scissors out to to cut their beard hair and you know the the matted shit in their hair. Right. That's not good. <laughs> Like when you're taking the shower and you look down at your feet and you see like the muddy runoff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's ha- no, that hadn't happened to me yet. No. Yeah, no. Well, I did a lot of yard work too. So that's. That, yeah, that, well, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's bad when you're like, you, oh, you hate forgetting to take a shower and then you go to bed and then you wake up and you're like, oh my God, I feel gross. And your sheets smell like dirty clothes. <laughs> and you're like, oh, that's just my ass. My ass ruined my sheets. Then I don't give a. I don't care about none of that. <laughs> you, don't care, you don't give a fuck. <laughs> I don't care. I'm. I'll live in the funk. <laughs> I'm saving the soap for when I need it. You know what? Hey, I tell you what. I think it's a natural response to ensure proper social distancing. Now, because if I yes. stink, people aren't going to get up in my six foot radius. And if they do and they smell me, that's nature's way of saying you are too fucking close. <laughs> way because if you can smell me then that's like i don't know if coronavirus is bigger or smaller than stink molecules (laughs) right but if you can smell me you are in you're in the strike zone of death yeah you 
you too damn close if you can smell this if you can smell this booty juice yeah exactly ridiculous. exactly so you know what now i feel better about not showering because now it's in public good i'm doing some <laughs> i'm saving lives yeah, with the with the with the stink bomb. Yeah, I'm fucking saving How can my. Can we can that? Oh, <laughs> trust me, you, they can it, and they sell it at novelty stores. I think you can throw it in your high school, and they shut it down for three days. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it is pretty gnarly. Well, I tell you what, Keisha, let's take a quick little break, because I like to tell people uh, uh, time to load the bowls and check the perimeter. Uh, let, yeah, let's let our listeners get a little, little quick little break here. Uh, we'll, we'll come back and then I'm, I'm going to ask you uh, some more questions about this plague and the apocalypse that we're living under and what you would do if shit got even crazier. Okay. You cool with that? Yes. All right. We'll be right back with more Keisha Hunt in just a second. Welcome back to the After Later podcast. I'm your host, John Wesley. Joining me today is my teammate in the coast to coast roast, the great, the illustrious Keisha Hunt, ladies and gentlemen. Keisha Hunt, how you yes. doing? I'm great. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> now, Keisha, you are uh, uh, what I look for on the on these podcasts, my interview series that I'm doing with the After Later Show is obviously most of the people I know are comics, are funny people, are entertainers, but that's not the most important thing to me. The most important thing is that they are interesting and that they are unique. You know what I mean? I'm not looking for the regular yes. run of the mill fucker. I'm looking for for interesting people with with you know unique outlooks on life. Now. Uh, here you find yourself locked in the house. I'm guessing you're like most of us. You're off the road, right? You get no, all of every gig fell through. Right. So I find myself, and I've had this problem before with, when gigs have been short or, uh, when you wind up with those weird two month gaps between gigs. Yes. So it's like, well, fuck, I can't feel anything. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping for fallouts, but I got to make some money. So I look at like little backup jobs, little side gigs, little side work and shit that I could do for a meantime or whatever, right? right? But now we're looking at a situation where if this got worse and worse, or God forbid it was a different kind of a virus and, and was just even more intense, where comedy just might not be a thing. It just might not come back for a long time. Like, what is your fallback position? Like, what could you do now if, if there was no entertainment? Man, I don't... I've thought about that and thought about that. Like I, everything I like to do has to do with like dealing with people. Like I like to cook and I'm like, no, that's not gonna, that's not gonna fly because I'm also impatient. And so that won't work, but I'm just, I'm discovering patience. I only, only option I have is to be a prostitute. Okay. That would be, that would be the only other option. Like if all else fails, like I could make pillows. <laughs> I could make pillows. <laughs> I could make pillows. People would want a good pillow during the quarantine. But other than that, people would go, "Oh, Keisha's that she hasn't been with a man in almost fifteen years." I, I, I probably they probably I think they would pay for it. I think they would give me the stimulus check for this vagina. Okay, okay. Now that's interesting. I, um, you know what? That's a booming industry. That's always yes, there. Yes. I talk about you. You want to find something that's re- recession proof? It's prostitution. That it's it's the one it's the one long lasting career that's been through generation after generation. Um, Even before it was a thing, they was taking it. Yeah, <laughs> taking the cooch. No, that's smart. Was, that's smart. If you're <laughs> willing to do it, there's a there's a living there. Right. Okay. It's, so it's it's tried and true. <laughs> so you said there you haven't been with a man in over fifteen years. Women buy vagina as well. Do they? I was going to ask yes. you about this. I always thought I that was the before. really. Hold on. Wait. <laughs> Record scratch sound. <laughs> I did not think 
I mean, I, 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 I like you see movies, and in movies there'll be male prostitutes like gigolos, and I'm just like, yeah. mm, this is no longer believable. I don't see uh, uh, women uh, paying for sex. It just doesn't seem like a realistic thing to me. Maybe that's just my sheltered life. <laughs> well, I've I've bought women sell their bodies, men sell their bodies, and women will sell their bodies to women. But and it's I've, supply and, and demand. I mean, fuck. <laughs> Men can sell their bodies, but you're getting pennies on the pound. <laughs> I mean, it's wholesale at that point. Pennies on the pound. I mean, really, if you think about it, <laughs> pennies on the <laughs> you know, when, when it's a guy, it's pennies on the pound. When it's ladies, it's pennies on the ground because it's such a. <laughs> That's, I like that. No, that's a, no, that's a show. <laughs> that's a T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> so your backup plan is uh, making pillows and prostitution. Yes. And prostitution. I probably would be more of a madam than sell my body because I know a couple of women that I could I could talk better for them than they could talk for themselves. Oh, I see. So you're like uh, you'd be like an agent, like. Yes, an agent that starts with a P. Now you're the second person I've had on my podcast that that mentioned being a madam. Kiki Maroon also said that she would she could go into a uh, into the madam world. That's interesting. I like that. That's, that's it. She's got the ticket. Yeah, right. It's smart. It, uh, that's businesswoman right there. Is what that is. Yes. Doesn't matter what you're selling. It's all about organization you, and marketing. The, the power of the P. So much is so that other women know that it's a valuable thing to sell. No, you're right. I mean, think about it like like to see this naturally leads to, OK, we're talking about economic collapse to where there's no entertainment business and we got to go do something to, to make money. Like me, I was like, well, fuck it. I could find a, I could do a taco truck or something like that. You know, yeah. what I mean, I, I feel like I could I could do like a short order cook at a breakfast place. Like, I think that's something that I'll, no matter how broke people are, there's still you, you can sell eggs and bacon and talk and breakfast tacos anywhere anywhere yeah. right people still got to eat so i'm like that's something i could do that i would you know semi enjoy you know I, i'm not for shit as a carpenter i can't you know build houses i'm working on being a better gardener so i could grow food and weed you know what i'm saying right right so that's like that but i, I if it came down to selling my body that is going to be one of those auctions where no one bids <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Where it's gonna be like the barrel of oil, where like if the price is so low that they're just giving it away. Like, come on, I'll, I'll give you two fucks for free. Then you'll see if you want to throw me a sandwich or something. Yeah, I really feel like no one would buy. It. I know I would be a great madam, though. Yeah, I know without a shadow of a doubt. I got a couple of people that I could, I could fashion out right now if they would. Yo, you're gonna turn <laughs> them out. Huh? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, now what do you I think? What's the I hardest part of the I sales could, pitch? You know, I have some great buys for the consumer as well. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, here's here, okay. Follow me for a second here. Now, okay. if I was to open a taco truck, all right, the profit margins in selling food is taking a cheaper cut of meat, making some improvements <laughs> doing it to it and yes. selling it at a premium, right? Like anyone right. can, can sell filet mignon. There's no profit in selling filet mignon, right? You right. got to buy fucked up rump roast with a bunch of knuckles and shit in it and then you got to slow cook it and make it delicious you know what i'm saying so right. so how do you make the pitch to <laughs> to one of your <laughs> one of your girls like it's, it's not like you're selling sports illustrated swimsuit models those sell themselves right I just, okay i'm gonna give, i'm gonna i just have to give you the real talk yeah because that's that's how it goes man so i'll be like look you're holding too much value in your pussy <laughs> you can't do that you, you got too much morals you can't do that it's 
It's simple, not at this time. You just, you can't be attached to it. You, let it be attached to you. Just like money would be attached to you, but people could snatch it. And then you'll find another way to make it. I just keep it all the way real with her and tell her, don't hold any morals in this. You were born with a money bag. Let's get this money in this bag. <laughs> and, so, and it just goes, you know, because I'm like, why are you sitting around asking people for money, looking crazy? Now people talking about you saying you're begging when you got money bag right between your leg. You don't have to be like that. Make your own money. I know somebody that'll give you something for it. I'll be back. And so it pretty much goes like that. Okay, now twist it. Now, <laughs> now imagine you left you left the girl in the hotel who you're trying to. You, you, she's crying. She doesn't want to do it. I don't feel sexy. You know, she <laughs> you just did. You, so now you now you turned her. She's like, okay, okay, I get it. And you're like, clean. All right, now now put your face on, girl. Um, take this baby wipe. <laughs> clean up your cooch. I'm gonna go talk to the guy in the car. Now you're coming out to me to try to sell it to me. Okay, so now, now give me the pitch to go in there and to give you money to have sex with someone who's probably like a five or a six. Look, she just gonna suck your dick real quick. It ain't gonna take long. In, done, <laughs> sell. Okay, that's good. See, <laughs> real quick. I ain't gonna even charge you that much. It's basically free. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. You got to give her the the pep talk. You got to talk her up. But then it's like, hey, I got a girl in there. She's willing to suck your dick for a couple of bucks. It's gonna be quick. Right. Real quick, nothing major. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. A quick little dick suck, and that's it. Now I'm guessing when it's see, I feel I guess it's a harder job. Like you said, you bought some pussy before, right? Now yeah. that's a harder job because they're expected to actually perform and do some tricks and shit. Like if a guy like me goes to get a hooker, it's like, please just get the semen out of me, and then don't look at me when I leave. This will, this embarrassing thing will be over in a matter of minutes. But now you you now you're you're looking for some stunt fucking like you got to put some performance into it. Like I imagine that's what yeah. it's got to be like when guys like a guy is a gigolo he, when he's selling himself. He's got to be a pounded out fucking two hour long stallion <laughs> with all kinds of dick. That's fuck that fuck that that's hard, right? Right. So you I bet you I were mean, a pickier consumer for a a a lesbian stripper or a lesbian prostitute right like you gotta yes she said she was but a prostitute will be whatever kind i think if that's what she does for a living like she's not even trying to seek out another job in corporate america like she's just really into selling that vagina then i don't i think she'll be a lesbian even though she may not be okay but that seems like more work though right because she's got to kind of impress you there's not the uh uh, I guess there is, but there's not the obvious, oh, you're done. Next. No, it's not because I'm a female, so I want to talk about how I'm feeling first. Yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> so she's got to listen to that bullshit. Yeah. You can't get out of the no kissing rule. <laughs> no, I def- we're definitely, it's definitely, a, well, yeah, I didn't kiss her. <laughs> <laughs> but, but mouths are involved here. I knew what time it was. I mean, there have also been times where I felt like I was buying the cooch. And I shouldn't have. I'm like, I thought you were my girlfriend, but it wasn't the case. You know, sometimes I had girlfriends for a week before, so I thought. Yeah, no kidding. I, I understand that. And you know, our, our mutual friend Rob Mungo goes through that a lot, where it's like, <laughs> I wish that this was just an upfront transaction, and we didn't go through the bullshit. We're dating for a couple of months, and you're bleeding me dry. <laughs> right. It's like I just want, I want like Carmax. I want no haggle. I want the sticker price. No negotiating. <laughs> right. I either agree or disagree to it. All right. Yeah, well, no way. 
Now, okay, but here's the thing, though. Let's say let's play this out even further because the follow up question to that is so, like I said, we're, we're, I'm just asking about so society is still up in the air. Like everything is still the yeah, norm. We're not coming back to next year. Yeah. Okay. So, like, <laughs> now let's take it to the next level. Let's say that it's full blown Walking Dead collapse of everything. Okay. Okay. So, like, there's no, you know, the dollar bills in your pocket don't mean anything. It's, right. it's, it's, you know, you have to forage for supplies. There's murder all over the place, whatever. Right. So when, and now let's say you find yourself at the door, the big gate of like a, a local warlord and you're trying to enter the compound. What job could you offer to that would get you in the good graces so that they don't just eat you right away? I know how to cipher blood to keep your heart pumping. So I just I just know how to I know how to do a heart transplant. For, wait, hold on, wait, 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 wait. So you'd go in with 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 medical training, like you're yes. gonna need a doctor. I, I, I can fix you. I'll keep you alive. I'll make you immortal. Well, hold on, hold on. So how come you went straight to to prostitution and <laughs> madaming when things just got bad, but now you're all of a sudden a medical professional when shit hits the fan? I got I gotta utilize my my expertise in areas and at certain times, like at the time, if we're just trying to get by, it's just money. You know, you can't have any morals or values on that vagina. But if I, if I got to live, just money doesn't matter. Sex doesn't matter, but I know I could make your heart pump again. Yeah. I I think I'll hold on to that to the end. Wait, so you're a fucking necromancer. You're going to bring motherfuckers back to life. That's impressive. I I can create a heart from scratch. Like with baking powder. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> with baking powder. Okay. Yeah. So and what you're basically saying is you're going to be like a witch doctor. Electrodes, huh? Like a witch doctor almost? No, I'm a doctor. It's uh, it, it's tough to explain because, I mean, if you had seen my TED talk, you probably understand. I would probably. I'm sorry I didn't watch that before. I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't prepare well enough for this interview. I didn't know that you were <laughs> a fucking <laughs> with baking powder making hearts and. That's pretty yeah, cool. I, I'm really into science. Like, I'm really trying to impregnate women with my vagina. Like, oh, I'm not shit. trying to borrow sperm from anybody. I'm just trying to live, like, make... And it's and it's a tough thing because if, if, if every woman that can impregnate her girlfriend, that would be a terrible thing because they don't, they don't want the country ran by women. I tell you... more lesbians I hear than straight people. As a member of the male delegation, <laughs> I would be... If women could find a way to reproduce without us, it's happening. We'd be dead. You'd kill us off in five years. It's happening. Yeah, as soon as you guys don't need us, yeah. I mean, already, if you think about it, with like uh, IVF, right? The uh, and 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 sperm donation. At some point, you're just gonna pick about a dozen good-looking dudes keep them in a jail, jerk them off all day, make all the baby batter you need, and then the rest of us can fucking go. Right. Right. I mean, right. and I, you know what? The way life has been going lately, I ain't even mad at you for it. I'm like, I get it. I get it. We suck. <laughs> Us guys, we ran the earth for a good three thousand years, and we sucked at it. Look what, look what this, look what we got us. We got us fucking credit and debt and fucking viruses and shit and going to war over oil. Fuck it, you guys would be. I mean, but it's genius. You have. They came up with a system to keep to keep life going. You know, debt without debt, you don't need money. <laughs> if you don't have any debt, I mean, honestly, we could grow our own food and we could find water. Air is free. We only need money to get out of debt. Yeah. 
We don't, I don't, we don't need it for anything else. And money ain't even real. I think they created that so someone could loan so they could borrow something so they could make debt. <laughs> Dude, I tell you, I, I'm glad you brought up the, the money isn't real thing because that's been fucking with me for a long time. But especially like, you know, a couple of weeks ago when they had the big stimulus thing, right? Yeah. And they just fucking created $2 trillion out of nothing. <laughs> just made it up. Just fucking turned on the printer with ink and paper and just made $2 trillion motherfucking dollars. <laughs> and, it, and, it just, it. and it just disappeared. It just it, it, like, like pouring water in the dry sand where it just sort of, and it's gone. And the sand is dry again. You're like, God damn, it just drank. The economy just, yeah, crazy. just took it. Just took it right to the fucking, right to the hilt. And I'm like, okay, well, money is supposed to be backed by gold or silver or whatever, right? They're supposed to be like that piece of paper represents a certain amount of gold that's being held and, and blah, 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 whatever it is. Right. That's a lot. Yeah. But that's a, and that's a fucking, that's all bullshit. They're making it up anyway. It's all based on debt and credit and we'll get back to you later. But okay. But I, I go even further down deeper than that. Like, like, okay. My dad is, is kind of a, a little bit of a crazy conspiracy guy and, and he, you know, when shit hits the fan, he just goes and buys gold. Yeah. When it all goes to shit, gold is going to be the most valuable form of currency. And I'm like, really? <laughs> because what fucking, if there's, if you're in a walking dead world where everything right. is falling apart, then what the fuck good is a shiny metal? Like right. in, in and of itself, gold doesn't, I don't, I, I don't get it. If you get it's it. It's a form of trickery. Like I believe if you have gold and people have goods, they, People like that shiny stuff. They give you their corn and their flour and their meat <laughs> because they think they're winning if they see that go. I think that's the only purpose for it is to create a diversion. <laughs> I, I agree. I mean, I, you can't you can't eat gold. I guess technically you could you can eat gold and survive, but it ain't giving you anything. You're just gonna shit out a nugget later, and then you keep <laughs> your gold, I suppose. But like in and of itself, I mean, fuck, it, it has no actual value. Same thing with diamonds. Like diamonds, we make a like. Have you seen those uh, documentaries about diamonds? About oh, how how I, I the, heard about them, though. they basically act like diamonds are about a hundred times more rare than they really are, so that we have value in it, so that right. we think that it's so oh, a little bitty tiny shiny carbon rock is so oh so valuable oh so clear oh when really like if you fucking dig down a little bit deeper there's fucking miles of them <laughs> you know what I mean right. it's just really hard compressed carbon for fuck's sake it's not. It's the most common fucking element there is besides hydrogen, you know? Right. So it's like right. you just take a whole bunch of common shit, squeeze it together. Look, it's a shiny rock. Oh, it's so valuable. So it's like, how does that, like, you know, when shit hits the fan, you could have the Hope Diamond, this massive fucking diamond. What good is it? You're going to scratch glass and get you out of danger? That's about the only useful use there is to it. <laughs> Sorry, I Keisha, I went off there a little bit. Yeah, they just, they just got us in debt. For no reason. They create, I mean, that, that stimulus check is for debt. Yeah. It's just, because they got to pay it back, right? You got to pay that back. The stimulus check has to be paid back. I don't even know how it works. So I'm not even sure. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen it all kinds of different ways. I mean, they're going to make us, they're going to tax us on it, or they're going to get there. They're going to get a little bit back somehow. At some point, we're going to, you're going to get fucked for that $1,200. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. You know, oh, I saw, I saw a great meme. This isn't my joke, but God damn it, it made me laugh. It was, um. Uh, now the world knows what it's like, or now Americans know what it's like to be a road comic where you're waiting for weeks to get a $1,200 check. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. I was like, that's, and accurate. that's been my life. 
Like, oh my God, am I ever going to get this $1,200 check? And when I get it, is it going to clear? Is it going to be good? Right. And I already know how to live for three weeks on a $1,200 check. It's right. That's, I mean, that, they're going to buy food. What else? Yeah. What no. else can we buy at the moment? I mean, well, the utilities still got to get paid. Yeah, right. No, no, they're not. Uh, oh, trust me, the same companies that will take the billions from the from the government to, oh, we got to stay afloat. Oh, we got to keep open. Okay, sure. So you got that money, and then then they turn around to the consumer. You better fucking pay us, or we're going to cut you off. Like, wait a minute, didn't you already? Didn't Big Brother just pay you so that you didn't fuck me? Now you're you're trying to get that money and fuck me. This isn't how a protection scheme works, pal. If I make <laughs> if they make the money, if I pay the vig, you don't beat my ass. You don't get to do both. You don't get you don't get the money from Big Brother and get to whip my ass in the street and leave me in the cold. It's one or the other. I don't know. I'm fucking. I'm. I'm. I, you know what? I'll tell you this, Keisha. And it's so funny how we start off co- talking comedy, talking jokes, and then we just. It doesn't take long anymore to get down to the world is a lie and they're fucking us. You know, <laughs> like regular people's conversations are going this way now. Like used to be, people that was talking about nothing forever, like having pleasant conversation for five minutes and then going, ah, "The banks are evil." Yes, they are evil. <laughs> right. So I feel like the veils are, are being lifted on our culture and on our society. And it's going to be hard to go back because regular people are now seeing shit like tinfoil hat people, you know? Right. Right. Which is good. Like, that's crazy. It's like that, that debt, fuck, fuck that debt. Fuck everything about it. Money isn't money isn't made up. It's invisible. Doesn't even fucking, and we're all been working ourselves to bones and dying young to fucking keep the thing going. It's, it's, it's fucking ridiculous. And so the ban is supposed to be lifted. What next week, week after next, yeah, here in Houston, they're talking about the, the gradual reopening because people have been bitching about it so much that they're going to like, all right, well, we we tried to save your lives, but you want to go get fucking brisket so bad <laughs> that you want to die. So, yeah, we'll open some things and you can go outside, but you got to wear a mask. What? How dare you make me wear a fucking mask? I thought this was America. Like, motherfucker, do you want to go outside or not? Right. <laughs> Like, I'm like, what is the deal? I don't understand why people can't stay inside if they're looking at the numbers. They're I not. I mean, to me, it, yeah, not, that's just like a plane crashing. You're going to announce it. It's a salami. No. It's rare. I mean, that's not something that happens on a regular basis, a plane crashing. Nope. Cars crash every day. That's normal. That's why they don't announce it on the news every every car crash. Exactly. But if a plane goes down, that then that's big rare. news. Right, and, and uh, you see the thing with the where Godzilla is stomping on Tokyo, and they're like, "Oh my God, he's killed four thousand people!" And they're like, "So what? Flu kills more than that." Like, right. it's not That's the same exactly. fucking thing. It's the same thing. <laughs> I'm fucking yeah. It, it's 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 kind of bugging me the way I, I yesterday. I'm gonna be uh, kind of honest with you, with you, Keisha. Yesterday, um. I got really welled up with depression. Like I've been trying to keep my head straight with all that's going on. But uh, yesterday I kind of fucking, I I just got overwhelmed. Right. It was where the stupidity of the fucking world just sort of got to me to where I just wanted to go outside and yell at everybody. But and so I'm like to the point where I'm like, well, fuck if, if everyone is this fucking stupid, and wants to go like like it's their God given First Amendment right of free assembly. You can't keep me from going out there. I'm like, 
well, go die then, and fuck right. you. You're, and I feel like, I, like I'm not wishing it on them, but I'm like, you, you were warned over and over again. You signed the fucking waiver. So if you go out there and you get sick, don't be fucking hitting me up with your GoFundMe page in three weeks to pay for your fucking funeral, you idiot, because you wanted to right. go out there. You know, I just, that's what got to me yesterday. I just got to the point where I'm like, and I hate to say it, but like, if, if we keep pushing this shit to go out too right. soon, because whatever, right? then, then at that point, we, we can't cry victim anymore. We can be like, okay, well, we kind of earned this part because we were bitches about it. And we couldn't even do the basic sacrifice of doing nothing. Right. Fuck. Sorry. Right. Just stay home. But it's, I mean, people have to, like the utility, some people still have to pay bills. So some people, it leads them to to get out to try to just find a way. Yeah, I, I, and I get that. Yeah. And I can't, I'm not faulting the regular, the regular, you know, working class yeah, American. Yeah, know better. Because that's that's the violation, okay? That's that that's the that's the true betrayal. There is that yeah. is that the system is set up where hey, if you need everybody to stay home, then you have to cover their ass. You that's have to right. you have to you can't keep you can't let the dogs keep biting them and making them fucking go out and face you know fucking death to try to cover a bill to turn on the lights, you know what I mean? Or cover a mortgage, you know right. any of that shit, right? If if it's absolute survival is necessary, and you you I've lost my job because we had to close so that people don't get sick. Then you have to fucking cover my back so that I don't have to go out and do that shit and put myself at risk and, and basically make the first measures worthless in the first place. That's right. Cover everybody's ass. Just put a pause in it. You know, it's like the oil company. Here's the thing about the oil companies. Like, you know, they're in the shit right now because oil prices went all the way to nothing. Okay. So they're going to try to get billions and trillions of dollars in assistance to try to stay open. But, they're going to fucking, they're not going to, you know, like Exxon, if, if they have a bad couple of months, they're not going to close up shop and fucking leave. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They're just going to go quiet for a little while, then turn the fucking machines back on. They're all still there. It's not like that massive fucking infrastructure is already built up. It's going to be what it's going to fucking be. It's not like well, all companies went broke. We couldn't pay for things for two months. So I don't know. I guess we're, they just went and left. They're, they're farmers now. Hey, free ship. If you can get it. I mean, that's right. not. That's not gonna be like that, I'm, right? I'm sorry. I'm fucking. We hope not, dude. I'll tell you, Keisha. Like I said, this went from comedy talk to straight up fucking right. revolution meeting. <laughs> it happens like that, man. We're still comedians. We're still voices. At the at the beginning of the day, it's that's the main thing that we get to use our voice in a way that most people won't even dream of. Yeah. <laughs> now, whether or not anybody wants to listen to that shit. That's a whole different story. Right. That is crazy. Well, they're going to hear it. You know, uh, Keisha, I appreciate you coming on and uh, th- throwing some me. foolishness with me here. I'll let you get back to your busy day. I'm sure you got some something very, very important to get to. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know you definitely got to get ready for the Coast to Coast Roast. You need to have do some research so you can talk shit yes, about St. Louis, Austin, Indianapolis, and Dallas. And that's just the first round. Okay. All right. Yes, for sure. You got your uh you got your your um your camera shot all set up and ready to rock? Oh yeah, I'm re- I'm ready. Oh, it's gonna be on and popping. That's cool, that's cool. Well, I look forward to it. I look forward to doing some practice with you. Yes, indeed. I Thank th- you, man. I think if there's one thing we learned here today in our conversation is that together we get really pissed off about things. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, yeah. yeah, I don't I, I don't know what, where that's gonna lead, but I think it will lead to victory. Indeed.
My thanks again to Keisha Hunt. Very, very funny lady. Really enjoyed that conversation. Really love that we got down to getting down, to just getting weird. It's going to be a great experience doing the Coast to Coast Roast, representing this great city of Houston, Keisha Hunt. You can find her on Instagram, uh, Comedian Keisha Hunt. Uh, she's a great follow and uh, look and find her comedy as much as you can. I'm sure I'll have her back on soon. I'm sure after we win this fucking contest, uh, we'll take a victory lap and do a, do another uh, do another episode together. Yeah, that'll be fun. <laughs> Appreciate you listening as always. Hope you enjoyed it. Like I said at the beginning, looking for your feedback and uh, what you think about the podcast, what we can do to make it better, who you'd like to hear on it. Hit me up on Twitter at John Wessling, J-O-H-N-W-E-S-S-L-I-N-G. The show's Twitter is after later, A-F-T-E-R-L, number eight, letter E-R. The show's Facebook page is after later podcast. And my comedy Facebook page is John Wessling official. Hit us up. Let us know what you think. Uh, Thanks again to Scott Henry, my lone supporter on the Anchor FM platform. $5 a month. He's a great dude. Thank you for that. If you'd like to help me make some money to pay for Whataburger and Xbox Game Pass for the family, um, there's a little support button on the anchor.fm slash anchor or after later uh, page. So go check it out. That'd be cool. Maybe a lot cooler if you did. If you want to check out my comedy album, it's brand new out on 800 pound gorilla records called warm at first. You can buy it pretty much anywhere you buy albums or comedy, uh, but you can also stream it. It's available on every streaming platform known to man, Spotify, Pandora, iTunes, all of them. You already paid for that, so you already paid for my album. So give it a listen. Let me know what you think. Um, other than that, man, uh, having a great day. It's a, uh, just want to ride this momentum, take this wave back downstairs, and go be a hell of a dad. Walk around the yard, point at flowers and stuff with the kids. It's got to be great. So get out there too. All right, uh, have a good time today. I don't want to say get out there. I don't mean get out there out there. I mean just maybe, maybe walk around your property. But if you do leave the house, put on a fucking mask. Okay, no one needs your coughing bullshit, getting everybody sick. And if your city or state or wherever is making you wear a mask, uh, don't be a fucking asshole about it. Just do it. Okay? Okay? It's not a fucking civil liberties situation. Just trying not to get motherfuckers sick so we can all go back to work. Sorry. Mm, The pissed off just sort of wells back up there again at the end. (laughs) Money's illusion. Gold isn't real. Fuck them all. (laughs) We'll be back tomorrow with another meeting at the docks uh, here on the After Later podcast. I'm your host, John Wessling. Bye.